Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have Jeremy Slade. How are you? Hey, I'm doing awesome today, brother. I'm stoked to get a chance to hang out with you and chat with your audience. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad to have you here. Um, you know, I look through your accomplishments and I have a few questions, obviously, but I'll let you kind of, you know, introduce yourself in a casual manner, what you do. Yeah. So I have a company called Command Your Brand, where we are the PR firm for the podcast space. Uh, I also have a top 100 podcast called Create Your Own Life, where I interview incredible people. Um, we actually just had the former director of the CIA on. I've had professional baseball players on. Um, I am a father of a uh, two-year-old now, and I'm, I'm finding uh, right. two what two is a lot harder than one was, is what, I, is what I'm learning recently. Um, Try I, my three. Daughter, Oh, I've heard three is better. I, no, I've heard I two is so I'm kind of in that right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a uh, former competitive power lifter. Oh. Um, so I still do um, like a little bit of that stuff, but not as much as I used to. Now it's just kind of more for fun and body maintenance. Uh, you know, I'm not pulling army tanks or anything like that anymore like I used to. Wow, that's awesome. I used to work out too back in the day. Um, I was very regular. And, you know, I, I was... I'm regular too, man. I take five every morning. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but then I, it's been a few years now. I can't get back into it. I know it's one of my, one of my things I have to work out, but with yeah. COVID, it was hard for the gym. So I try to do it. Oh at my home. gosh. Yeah. Dude, let me, <laughs> let me tell you, that was so hard. So like, you know, like I was saying, I have a, she, she was, I guess one, when this whole thing started, like back in, in March, we're in, uh, in October now and we're talking, but like, so I was trying to do like TRX and stuff, you know what a TRX yeah, is yeah, like one of those yeah. like suspension trainers yeah. you hang. Like, so I'm doing like a thousand reps of anything just to feel like I'm even getting like a slight workout. And my, my one-year-old's like jumping on my back. She's slamming my head into the floor, like doing all this stuff. So then uh, I'm here in New Jersey and we have some of the tightest restrictions in the country right now. And um, like the gyms didn't really open until last month, actually. Um, which was crazy. And, but my, my gym owner was actually super smart and he found like this really old obscure law where you could actually change your business filing from, they closed down their LLC and they created what's called a PMA or private membership association. Uh -huh. So they opened back up in May and I've been working out since May, which has been awesome. Uh, they're That's smart. <laughs> they're not considered like open to the public. So I've still been working out, man. It's been fun. Oh, that's awesome. So you still had a space to work yeah. out. <laughs> So when I, when I went on like your, your website, it was a pop-up on the top. It was talking about, you know, starting your podcast yeah. or if you wanted to grow. Um, can you explain that more in detail? Do you mean on my Jeremy Ryan slate site or on Commander Brand site? Uh, it's on your site, uh, Jeremy. Yeah. So we really have a couple different publics we service and one being, um, you know, like who we do through the agency side, but also, and that's where we get people on podcasts as a guest. That's more of like a PR action. But I also have a lot of people that listen to me and are familiar with my podcast. And like, I wanted to help those people too. So that's why we created some courses and things like that around like starting a podcast. It's not really our oh. mainline service, but at the same time, I want to make sure that like all those people that are looking for my help in certain areas, like are able to get that. So, you know, that's kind of like where we're like, you know, the pop-up comes up and it says, you know, do you need help with the podcast? Um, just here to hang out and listen to the podcast. Uh, or uh, are you really looking for help on the PR side? Because at the same time, you want to allow the person that's following you to tell you what they need. I think so many times, so many people, like, especially in the influencer space, are like, this is what you need. This is what you should do. And you're kind of like in any way, shape or form, you're creating an instant barrier or resistance for people when you're telling them what they should do or need. You kind of got to ask people first, man. Yeah, it's very true. And first, when I looked at it, it intrigued me because, you know, obviously I have a podcast, right? So <laughs> I was like, but there, you're noticing a lot of people opening up, like starting podcasts, I guess, right? Nowadays. 
No, definitely. But but here's the thing I would say, and especially honestly, since like COVID started, there's there's more shows than ever. But the thing I'll say to that is a lot of people are, um, they're trying to recreate what's already out there. You know what I mean? I think especially in the podcast space, that could be a little rough because it's like, why would somebody listen to you over somebody else then if you're just going to recreate someone else's show? So you really need to look at like, what is my differentiating factor? What makes me different? What makes me unique? What special message can I help or how can I help people? And I think initially people think like it's got to be this thing set in stone. Like I know my thing right out of the box and it's going to go like for me, honestly, like create your own life. The name came from uh, a conversation I had with my dad after I quit my job. And he's like, you know, what are you doing? I'm like, I want to create my own life. And he's like, good luck with that. Um, So initially it started with people that kind of created life on their own terms. And then it kind of shifted and changed. And we're like, okay, it's world-class performers. But it's like, but a lot of people are talking about that. And now as I'm kind of in the process, uh, in the last six months or so of writing a book, I've really been like, well, what really intrigues me or what really interests me in people? Um, And that's people that are extraordinary. So now we're really looking at it. What makes someone extraordinary? And I'll tell you what, man, it's taken me almost 800 interviews to get there. But once you get that clarity, you really are servicing the people that you want to help. And I think that's the biggest thing a lot of podcasters don't think is that everybody thinks they're going to be Joe Rogan. They're going to have yeah. these three-hour interviews. They're going to make a you know couple million bucks off of uh, ads and stuff like that. And for 99% of the people out there, that's just not the way it is. You have to get clear on your message and help your people. Mm-hmm. And that's actually the similarity with me is when I started this podcast was because so I could meet and learn and talk to yeah. people that have achieved, you know, a super entrepreneur's title. Right. So <laughs> the, the networking uh, aspect, just to put on what you said, dude, like, isn't yeah. that, isn't it amazing? It's like some of the people you get to meet and connect with, oh, like if you it. didn't have a podcast, you wouldn't have that ability. Right. Oh man. I have, it's incredible. Honestly, like, especially what, you know, stuff that you do that this kind of stuff that you're helping people launch. Mm-hmm. Cause when I did it, I was just kind of Googling and, 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 and asking my team and stuff, you know, do this and every, <laughs> they all had, they all had like knowledge in certain aspects of it. So we put it all together to come up and then I'm still not on a regular basis, you know, like I'm missing some week um, or some episode publish publishing, but I'm getting there, but I know it, it seems easier than, than, than it looks. Um, But if with the right guidance, I think that would be incredible to, to kind of get that guidance for someone who's already been there. I've done it. It just, you just speed up the whole process. Well, you know, what's funny, man, is like back in 2014, like when I started doing this, like I had like one friend that had a podcast. I didn't know there were like really like other podcasters out there. I thought they were all like, you know, like these higher echelon, unreachable people. So I'm just kind of like trying to throw this thing together and figure it out and kind of work it out. And like till eventually I like found a course on it. But like it's really interesting, especially early on in that journey. Like sometimes you can feel like you're the only one and you don't realize if you're talking to anybody, you're not getting any feedback and stuff like that. So like that starting out portion can be the hardest part to kind of get yourself through. And that's why you have to keep working on clarity of who you're talking to and how you're talking to them. Yes. Very true. And you mentioned a book. So is this book about podcasting or is it? Yeah. Okay. So I didn't want to write just another podcasting book. Cause I feel like there's yeah. been so many of those, you know what I mean? And I have friends that have done it really well. And, you know, like I said, I've talked to people that are just extraordinary at what they do. And when I've kind of just had all these interviews, I just find that people are saying the same things over and over and over again. Right. Like not yeah. like, Hey, they're repeating each other. Meaning like there's the concepts are very, very similar. So like, I took a look at him like, well, what makes somebody extraordinary? And one of the things I've learned is like adversity is actually super key to their journey. Like it's, it's really, really interesting when you think about it, like people that are extraordinary, they look at adversity as like an opportunity to grow. 
they look at it as a way to, I guess, set their thermometer a few degrees higher that they're willing to take a little bit more than the average person is willing to take. Mm -hmm. And so that's like really one of the first key things to it. Another thing is um, something that I learned from uh, an author called Cal Newport. He wrote a book called So Good They Can't Ignore You. And it's something I've seen a lot of people I've spoken to is, and I'm 33, so I feel like my generation is really bad at this. Like the the millennial generation, like they're like, want to find their passion and they're not going to do anything until they find it and blah, blah, blah. And I just, that's just dumb. And a lot of the people that I've spoken to, I find that to be very similar in. They find something, they're good at it and they continue to get better and better and better and better at that thing until they get passionate because it's effortless and they figure out how to make money with it. So I think, you know, really what I've done is I've taken a look at all these people and I figure out what makes them extraordinary, what makes them next level. And that's really what this book is about, why I'm super excited about it. When is it going to be released? So we actually, so we're we're not going to be releasing it till the first quarter of next year, but we're actually doing it in a really cool way. Um, There, It's kind of like a new thing in the publishing world. Um, Because a lot of times when you write a book and you go with a mainline publisher, you like, you lose your right to what the things you've written. So you have to pay a lot of royalties out and stuff like that. Um, And your publisher can tell you like, hey, you can't talk about this on that stage or something like that. So to me, it was really important to have control of that content. So I'm actually working with um, a publisher called Lifestyle Entrepreneur Press and a program they use called Publishizer, where we're actually doing a Kickstarter for the book. So we're raising all the initial funds for the book through, um, it actually just launched yesterday, uh, through pre-sales of the book, through some really cool um, like giveaways we're doing. Like we're showing people how to like, book celebrities on your podcast. We're showing people how to, uh, you know, set their podcast up for next level. Uh, we have a, a program that's going to get people set up to be a media star, stuff like that. So we're doing a lot of these really cool, um, like, I don't want to say giveaways, but like special offers and, and pre-sales in order to do a raise for the book. And, you know, once we do that, we're actually buying into owning all the rights to the book as we go through the publishing process. So you get all the distribution and everything else but you own a lot of the rights. So it's a really cool concept and it's brand new to the publishing world. Yeah, that sounds interesting. So why do you have to pay out? Are you like, are you coding different people? Is that why you have to kind of pay out the rights? Well, no, because so like a publishing company is like a gatekeeper, right? They're the one that's going to get you in all different places where if you self-publish, you don't have to do that, but you're not going to get the bookstore placement. You're not going to get opportunities to be in different places. You're not going to get connections with the right companies. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get the right media opportunities. So it's really important to work with a publisher as that gatekeeper. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times publishers, they have a fee for that. And the fee is we own your stuff. Um, Oh, okay. And they, and they then have rights over a lot of what you create. So you'll get royalties on what you write, but they now own it. Like the publishing company now owns your work that you wrote and you spent whatever time to write. And maybe it's something you speak on all the time. Well, you have to figure out how you're going to get it in that contract that you can now speak on that in the future and they don't own the rights to that, or you have to pay them out each time you do it. So that's why I think that this is uh, like kind of a new world of publishing where since you're coming in with some of the money through a Kickstarter, you're number one, creating day one sales, which is really, really cool because day one sales yeah. are going to help get you on a bestseller list. Mm-hmm. In time, you know, you're buying into the process. So you own a lot of the rights and things like that. Very unique. Super and that- important as a creator. Yes, yeah, super important. And also the fact that you already have a, an army of people waiting for the launch yep. date. So you don't need to go, you know, be creative and all the stuff that people do. Yep. You could just be organic and get to the top seller if the product is good. Yep. And obviously it's going to be good. Um, yeah. If anybody wanted to participate in that, they can just 
go on Kickstarter and, so it's, and Google? So, so it's actually through the company that's Publishizer, so it's called. So you can go actually, I made an easy way for people to get to it. You can go to jeremyryanslate.com slash extraordinary. Okay. Um, and you can support the campaign there by grabbing good. your pre-launch copy or, you know, checking good. out one of the cool offers we got. Good, good, good. That's awesome. That's great stuff. And then how do you integrate all this like with the public relations? So like I know it's very unique. I've seen a mm-hmm. lot of podcasters have courses and, sure. you know, they have products. Um, they, 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 they help you kind of put everything together. But to mm-hmm. get your name out there, to publicize you, to get your message out, mm-hmm. I haven't really seen that before. So it's my first time. So I want to, myself and, and the audience would love sure. to know. Well, I, I guess, you know, one of the things I have to do first and foremost is kind of give credit to my wife because she is the brains behind everything. She's been in PR for, gosh, uh, 10 or 11 years now at this point in time, you know, we've been together a long time. So uh, 10 or 11 years at this point in time. So when I started my podcast, like she had me doing a lot of PR things to get started. We were getting initial placements in newspapers. We were getting on some solar podcasts and stuff like that. So when people first started saying to me like, hey, can you do this for me? We started the the first logical thing we thought is we're going to make podcasts for people. So we started this like podcast in a box thing. Mm -hmm. And um, it was intense, man. Like I didn't know how to hire anybody yet. So it was just like me, like building your website, putting together your RSS feed, building your podcast, setting up your guests. (laughs) Like it was intense. And I like, I wasn't charging anywhere near enough money to to make any money um, because I was like, all right, it's going to cost $20,000. And the first person's like, all right, I will pay you 1500. And I'm like, I'm in. Um, So that's that's kind of how we got started. So true. And then what we found is we were doing a great job building these podcasts for people. But when you're working with really busy entrepreneurs, they're like, well, the part I'm actually really enjoying and that's getting me the most return for my money is actually going on other podcasts as a guest. So we stopped doing all that other stuff. And, and that's really where Command Your Brand came from is we focused on, you know, who is your audience and how do you need to communicate to them? Uh, we focused on how do you tell a good story? And that's something that we've really, really worked on. We run people through a process that we call story message call to action, tying together your personal story with your message with what you actually want people to do at the end. And then we find the right shows and we get people scheduled on those and, you know, kind of run them through that process. But at the same time, you see this with any form of media, right? Like whether it's a podcast or whether it's a TV show or whatever, people have this false idea about it, that they're going to go on the, the podcast or they're going to go on the TV show and they're just going to kind of sit back and wait for like leads to roll in or whatever it is. Yeah. And, you know, there may be a small, um, depending on the size of the show or the media, there, there's going to be some return on that. Mm-hmm. But that's not the only thing because that's what I like to call being the effect of media. I like people to be effective with media. So mm-hmm. what that means is you are now figuring out how to integrate that, that podcast you've done or that media piece you've done in your own marketing, into okay. your own funnel, into your own emails, uh, by having a media page in your site, by then using that as social proof to get other bookings. Mm-hmm. So really we're, we're teaching people how to not just get that piece of media, but then also how to be effective with it to actually build their own celebrity too. So you, you help them develop themselves into a celebrity mm-hmm. podcast. That's, that's intriguing. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, are there a lot of competition out there in this, this niche that you do? So we're, de- we're not the first to market, though I yeah. think we, we have been really trying to, you know. Because I never, I haven't heard of this before, like the integration. Well, it, it's, as I said, we're not the first to market, but we really have oh. been trying to focus on being the, uh, PR firm for the podcast space rather than mm-hmm. just a podcast booker. Mm-hmm. And I'd say there's probably like three or four other companies in our space. Uh, but we're probably about the third to market at this point in time, but we've really been trying to make sure that we really focus on being the PR firm for that. So based on that, I think we really don't have any competition based on how we're, we're trying to deliver and how we're trying to differentiate there. Mm-hmm. And you are like the top hundred podcasts on iTunes, right? 
Yeah, we were ranked number 78 um, in, in the top 100 in iTunes, which was a, a very, very cool achievement when that happened. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we had an interesting thing happen uh, not too long ago where um, I don't know if you remember this, but Apple like changed their like what you can have in your title and stuff like that. So I had like my name in my title in addition to the podcast feed. So I actually got kicked out of iTunes for about 48 hours, which was terrifying because I was like, okay, what do I have to do to get back in? And then it was kind of a buildup of getting back into the rankings, which that in itself was an, was an interesting thing. So you always got to pay attention when Apple tells you what you can and can't do, man, because they can penalize yeah. you pretty quickly. <laughs> so how, how, how long did it take to get on the, the uh, top like 78 position? So um, we started the show in November of 2015, and it wasn't until October of 2018 that we hit that top 100. So good. it took a good three years, man. Like it's definitely mm-hmm. like showing up every day, grinding and making that work to, to really, you know, get to that ranking. Uh, any, any tips for people that how they can reach? Yeah. So I'll tell you, first and foremost, the number one thing that drives your ranking is the number of subscribers that you're getting. Um, reviews are great, but they're good only for really social proof. It's not really a thing that's going to drive your ranking. So you do want to get reviews all the time because it's good to have that social proof. Mm-hmm. But you always want to be pushing people for a subscribe. You okay. know, please subscribe to my show. Please support the show by subscribing in Apple Podcasts. Um, a cool way you can do that is there's an app called ratethispodcast.com. And what it helps you do is it helps you well, create it. <laughs> Rick, can you repeat that again? What was uh, it? Ratethispodcast.com. Oh, rate. And what it, what it does is it helps you. Oh, I, sorry to interrupt. I heard about, I got an email from the from the guy actually. Oh, cool. I, yeah, he just said, hey, I saw, I found your uh, podcast and I was wondering if you want to be on our platform. Really nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what they do is, because sometimes like you tell people, hey, subscribe to my show, or review my show. And it's like, there's way too many steps. So people get lost somewhere in between. Yeah. So what it does is, um, so like our short link is ratethispodcast.com slash C-Y-O-L. So when you go to it, it shows all the platforms we're on. You can pick yours and it sets you up to leave a review right away, which is the, which is cool. And but subscribe. It, right. And subscribe. So it's going to make it a lot easier for people to get there. So that's one of the things that we set up um, for our audience to make it easier to find us and subscribe. Um, another thing too is figuring out like, what are you going to do for people to subscribe? So sometimes people do book giveaways. Sometimes people will, um, you know, talk about the audience member that subscribed recently, whatever it is, and like have them send a screenshot, you know, to show that they did that. So you got to figure out ways to engage the audience and make it fun. But subscribing is kind of your number one thing that's going to help you rank. And on that site, you can have offers there that, hey, you no. know, no, you can't. No, that's you can't. A, that's it's not a, like a landing page. No, it's not like, like literally it just pops up and it's like, you know, create your own live show. Here's Spotify. Here's iTunes. Here's blah, blah, blah. Here's oh, okay. So it just, it just makes it easier for people to find you because it takes out that kind of that first barrier of how do I search? Yeah. Because um, it's like, all right, so here's the 10 steps to finding someone's podcast. It's like, it's not, it's not easy out of the gate. And that, so that's why um, having something like that and making it easier to locate your show is going to make your life a little bit easier. That's excellent. And um, you just, you just promote it in your media and your emails and your, in your show. Yeah. Every episode we promote it. Like that's one of the, so on my show, um, as I said, reviews aren't a big thing to help your show, but they do help with social proof. So what I actually do is I read a review on every episode and I also remind people that they can find us in Apple podcasts or they can do it via rate this podcast.com slash, you know, you know, whatever it is for our show. So I try to figure out ways to get user engagement. And that's one of the big things we do is every single episode I read a review that uh, we got recently on the show. That's excellent. And you know, I, I've been missing out on this. Like after the episode, I never, I never actually say anything. Like I just, I just go, okay, thank you so much. Thank you for being on the show. <laughs> and we end it. Right. So right. a buddy, a buddy of mine was telling me, go, what are you doing? Like every episode, 
you should be saying something at right. the end. Like, you know, mm-hmm. hey, thank you. Super. Make sure you subscribe. Like, well, the, begin- the beginning and the end, because you're going to think like not everybody's going to get to the end. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. How would you bring it up in the, in the beginning? I guess I, yeah, I guess you could casually, hey, don't remember to <laughs> subscribe. At like. Well, the, the way I do it is, is so like um, I record the, so my episodes are most of the time interviews. So yeah. um, I record the interview in a, in a way where I just, you know, welcome to the show, whatever your name is. And then we start the interview right from there. And I, I prep yeah. them that, that it's going to be coming like that. Uh-huh. And then when I'm sending it over to my editing team, I'll send them two content pieces to go with that. The opening oh. to the episode and the closing to the episode. And that all goes in a Dropbox folder. And uh, in the opening, I'll tell them about the guests. I'll tell them about what they can expect in the episode. And also say, hey, you can find this show in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you're listening. Uh, but do us a favor and, you know, subscribe and review the show. And uh, today's review comes from, uh, you know, John Smith. And, you know, John says, blah, 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 blah. So you want to... To me, I'm always like, there's a show before the show, there's the show, and there's the show after the show. That's the way you got to look at it, man. It's, it's like an intro-outro. Yeah, right? it, it, yeah, that's actually exactly what I call the file names. It's intro and outro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> you know what you have? The thing is, what like you you could probably think the same way, but when you have so many things going on, if different ventures, mm-hmm. sometimes get to... Uh, you you lose a certain amount of of dedication or attention sure. to one project, right? I would agree with that. Yeah. So for me now, my main objective is to put a lot of effort into this show and and grow it. And I'm well, so glad that you came on the show. Well, it's building systems around it too. Like you yeah. don't have to like keep, create yourself crazy busy. Like I have a an editing team that works on a lot of stuff for mm-hmm. me. And what I'll do is uh, my episodes come out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So on a Friday, a Thursday or a Friday. Um, I'll sit down and I'll take an hour and I'll record all the intros, all the outros. Um, I'll make sure that there's, you know, any of the other things that are needed for that episode. They're all in a Dropbox folder. Um, the editing team gets an email and they go to work. So like basically I make sure that everything's done at one time so that I don't do it again. Do you, you know what I mean? Like it's trying to yeah, figure out how you course. can build a system around this. And yeah. then I actually have a, con- a running content calendar spreadsheet that in that it'll have the episode title. It'll have, um, you know, the guest bio, which is really usually they put the guest puts in themselves in the calendar mm. link or whatever it is mm. and mm. any of the other data that's needed so that then the editing team knows exactly what they need to get that part done. Yeah. So we have that same thing. We have the editing, but that file idea is amazing because yeah. right now I don't have like previous episodes. I don't have it organized. So yeah. if you have a spreadsheet, you know exactly what you did mm-hmm. for each guest yeah. with the dates and everything. Yeah. Well, and then that helps you t- too, like, because then if you want to like, like one of the things we'll do every once in a while is we'll also ask guests to, to review the show because it helps as well. So, you know, if I want somebody on my team to do that, they've, they've got to be able to have contact information for everybody. They've got to know whose episode was when and what was talked about. So, you know, like every single thing since day one back in 2015, it's been tracked, man, everything. That's beautiful. Amazing. And, and what about the, the different platforms, right? So mm-hmm. I, uh, iTunes is the, is the big one. So if, if somebody starts a podcast and they just launch an iTunes, is that mm-hmm. recommended or do you recommend something different? You, you, kind of, you, you want to be everywhere you can day one. Um, and these numbers are constantly changing too. I know mm-hmm. Apple used to be like the biggest of the big and I, I, their percentage has been dropping. And I, and I feel like it depends on what source you read, but I, I've heard as of recently that Apple's down to about 60%, but that's still a huge portion yeah. of the market. Um, Spotify likes to say that they're, you know, 70 or 80%, but I think in, in reality, they're like anywhere from, I think, nine to 20, like somewhere around there. Yeah. So, um, and it also depends on like who you're going to host with. So I host with a company called Libsyn. And the oh, cool yeah. thing about Libsyn is like, they send out to everywhere for me. So it goes to, it goes to radio.com. It goes to Spreaker, it goes to Apple Podcasts, oh. it goes to the largest, uh, I forget what the name of it is, but it's the largest music app in India, which is, you know, that's a whole nother market that you want to be in front of too. What is it called? 
I I don't remember. Oh, okay, um, you'd okay. have to you'd have to you'd have to check. But the, it's the yeah. largest music app in India. We're oh. in Amazon Music. We're in um, World. Sorry, we we're in Deezer. We're in a lot of these different places. Mm-hmm. And Lipson sends out all those for us. So we don't have to really think about it. So yeah. it's cool because they have a list of just ones you can go through. So like you know, we made sure we're in um, iHeartRadio, all these different places. So to mm-hmm. me. I wouldn't wait to get your content out, man, because the, the race is how fast can you get your content out and how many people can you get in front of? And then how can you make it better for those people as you're going along? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, like I'm, I'm using Podbeam mm-hmm. and, um, and it's video and audio. So they sure. automatically upload it to um, YouTube. I do. Oh, it we do that too. Yeah. Yeah. We do it on YouTube, but the only problem is I never figured out how to set up the Spotify because Spotify doesn't support video, obviously. So the connection was a, was an issue, but definitely I want to be at least Spotify, Spotify. I think is going to start doing video. Cause I, I, oh. I, they started doing it for Rogan and you know, Rogan's a big deal. So it's yeah. like, I don't know when they're going to roll it out for the rest of us peons, but like yeah. <laughs> um, they did, they did roll it out for Rogan and specific music artists now have video. So I think at some point in time, that's something we're going to see as well. That's awesome. And can you give us like, what's that one best thing about being an entrepreneur that you find that you just love? Um, I guess, honestly, the opportunities that I'm able to create for my family, because I know um, mm-hmm. last year I spoke uh, at an event uh, when you could still go places. Um, last year, I spoke at an event in Kiev, Ukraine, and uh, it was really cool. Uh, it was one of the, the biggest events I've spoken at. But the thing we got to do is my wife's like, all right, so we're going to build a family vacation over on this. So we flew into Ukraine first. Um, then we took a tr- a short flight, which is like 27 bucks. Cause I guess in, in, inter Europe flights are pretty cheap. Yeah. So we flew from there to Budapest. We were in Budapest for a few days. Uh-huh. Uh, we then took a train from Budapest to, to Bratislava, uh, took another flight from there to Vienna. So it was kind of cool. So it's like a lot of things that I would not, um, you know, have really been able to build into my work life. Um, you know, if I wasn't running my own business and, you know, also being business partners with my wife in that way. Oh, that's excellent. Beautiful. And we always like to also ask what your superpower is that you find that inside that you feel that you got you to where you are today. Um, you know, I'm just consistent, man. Like I, yeah. I show up day after day after day. And like, you know, like I said at the beginning of this, I used to be a competitive power lifter. Yeah. And one of the things I believe in in weightlifting that a lot of people don't do is this thing called linear progression. And what that means is if you're progressing in a straight line and that straight line is slowly going up, you know, maybe you were benching 135 and the next thing you yeah. know, you're benching 450 and you're like, how did I get here? Well, seven years of every day doing something a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. So if you're willing to show up and show up a little bit better every day and do that consistently, man, you'll, you'll be surprised where you are after mm-hmm. time. That's amazing. Great advice. Um, any last tips or any kind of advice you want to give the audience before we end the show? Well, we talked about a book by Cal Newport called So Good They Can't Ignore You. So I would just mm-hmm. recommend they all go out and pick out that book because um, that was just a really big game changer for me. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it would be for a lot of people out there, man. Awesome. That sounds amazing. And thank you so much for being on the show. It was, a, it was a pleasure having you on here. You know, learn so much about the podcasting world. And uh, definitely all your links, everything will be in the show notes if anybody wants to connect with you. And uh, that's it. And also, I'll, maybe I'll do an outro. Thank you so <laughs> much for, for being on Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Just remember to uh, review the episode and subscribe to the channel and turn your notifications on. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Thanks, brother. Have a good one. Take care. Bye.